0: It's time to get inspired. It's time to have some fun. It's time to take your relationship to the next level and create the marriage you always believed was possible. Come on, join us as we learn from real couples that have overcome real problems with real solutions. Welcome to the Unstoppable Duo Show with your hosts, Rebecca and Tim Lindsay.
1: They were so excited. We're so excited because we've got Jan and Craig Hill in the house on the podcast today. (laughs) And uh, they are an absolute awesome couple. Um, Let me just read you the rundown. Uh, They are founders of Family Foundations International, a Christian ministry dedicated to helping individuals, couples and families become people of influence and build a a godly heritage for multiple generations by restoring biblical foundations of marriage, family, and finance. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that is an awesome resume. And their ministry is worldwide. And they're inspiring leaders, conference speakers, trainer coaches. They've been on TV, they do podcasts. Craig has written like over 521 books. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's just In like other
2: languages, <laughs> so let's count it up, Craig. <laughs>
1: He's just incredible. He's like a content uh, content
3: creator creator guru. He just like he
1: just spews content. If you ever watch a video with Craig and Jack, Craig can just go on and on and on. If you gave him like an hour or two hours, he'd fill it with the most amazing content. And you're going to find that out in a minute.
2: Unstoppable.
1: Unstoppable. Come on. And uh, of course, a couple of those books are bestsellers, especially the one, uh, Parent's Blessing. And Five Wealth Secrets 96% of Us Don't Know. Um, Great, great books. And one book in particular that Craig Hill wrote with Earl Pitts um, must be, I don't know, 50 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite. 92
2: 93.
1: (laughs) 92 93. There you go. Had a huge impact. It's called Wealth, Riches and Money. We still recommend it to this day. Everybody that goes through our 90 day process, we recommend that book. Go by that book it changed our life we were in our 20s we read it and for the first time we did a budget we closed the circle and uh you know we started to write down our expenses and uh, a lot of a lot of blessings came to us and not only that but in the church that we pastored back then it was mandated like everybody that came into contact with us the book is uh translated into german for all of you watching from germany and switzerland it's called um uh, Mutton, well, Moise, Mutton, and Mercedes. <laughs> uh, you've got to get that book in German. Absolutely awesome. And also, Craig and Jan—they'll be on the Unstoppable Duo Challenge uh, coming this August. Uh, it's going to be centered around couples and finances. And we're so excited to have them on uh, uh, mm-hmm. on that challenge. And it's going to be an awesome uh, five-day challenge. We are excited to have you on board.
3: Well, we're
1: we're happy to be here today.
3: (laughs) Maybe you want to introduce yourself, like something that Tim hasn't shared yet. Who are you? Um, What's maybe your background? What is it that you want to share with us?
4: Well, my name is Craig. I'm Jan. And uh,
3: I used to know German. I used to be
2: able to dream in German and Russian. But then we travel mainly. We've traveled in Spanish and Brazilian and I mean, Portuguese speaking we used to before this virus we we would be all over the place and so my language is he has his brain has them on disk in different compartments but mine have them all together so
4: <laughs> so they get mixed they up they get mixed up yeah Well, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, uh, we founded a ministry called Family Foundations International, as the name would imply. We're dealing with families, talking about how to create a culture of blessing in families because God showed us years ago that it was his intent for each generation to be a little more blessed than the last generation spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and yet what we've been seeing in our modern culture is it's going the wrong direction, that each generation is a little more wounded and a little more damaged than the last generation but i believe it's god's intent to turn that uh but uh, we we met each other back in 1975 uh on a ywam team actually youth with a mission what were you gonna say have
3: you ever yeah, been to one in switzerland i visited it
2: i've okay. i've i've slept on the floor in the library or whatever it was back in lausanne back in the old days but
4: uh, it was actually at at the height yeah. at the Heidebake base in Holland. So it was the very first year they had that property, and there were no uh, there were no facilities at all. Uh, we were uh, taking showers in a cow barn. It wasn't a
2: barn. It was black plastic.
4: Was it and, barn? Well, no, there it was, was a cow barn. And what they the did is the they put the a black plastic sheet between yeah. the women on one side and the men on the other side. They had, side. A, they had oh a
2: clean cow trough with the water. They had real water. And it was a, I think it was a new cow trough but the cow trough went from the women's to the men's. So if you were washing your hair and you had it down too far, you had to be careful because you could see underneath. (laughs) Classy, classy. That's where we met. Well, we We met met in the shower. No, we didn't meet in the shower. We met met on the campground walking around. So
4: (laughs) we did. Yeah, that was in 1975. And then we got married in 1977, basically. But I'll tell you an interesting thing that happened to us is we thought that marriage would be so easy. Uh, and the reason was, I mean, we both loved the Lord. Yeah. We we met on a mission field. We thought, well, God is the center of our lives. We had
2: very clear guidance about getting married. So, you
4: know. Yeah, I mean, there was an amazing circumstance that occurred where, where Jan ended up praying for me in very specific detail in a way that I believe saved my life six months before we met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought, well, this is incredible that God had this, this woman.
2: I always say, I don't know who prayed all the other times because there were so many times where he almost died because of different things that I won't get into. Because of
4: foolishness. Well, you were. But we thought marriage would be easy because we love God. We love each other. We know we've got mm-hmm. a specific purpose. And uh, so we thought we were gonna be the dynamic duo. We we Working thought we were gonna in be
2: Moscow the... undercover as a financial <laughs> banker and would do you know, do yeah, things. Yeah, we thought we'd yeah. be
4: missionaries to Russia, we right. were gonna be the unstoppable duo, but after we got married, it became the unstoppable duel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> not quite, no, no, no. <laughs> it, you know, it was okay, but it was not what we knew we needed in order to. To really reach people for the Lord, you have to have something to give them besides just tolerance of your life.
1: <laughs> what were what were the, some of those uh, things that were in the way in the, in those you first years? To... Those obstacles, those challenges. You know what?
4: Uh, what are you smiling about? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> you. I'll let you talk, let you talk yeah, first,
4: then John. <laughs> I think mean, I was the primary obstacle. That was <laughs> no, no. What happened is, like I said, we thought everything would be really easy, you know, yeah. and we just—I mean—because we could pray together, we mm-hmm. knew the Lord, we loved each other, and all that. But what what began to happen, we began to wound each other emotionally. And uh, and we began to hurt each other without realizing it, and uh, without realizing that we were wounding each other. And and uh, and what happened? I remember there were four years that went by when we could not pray together. Wow. Uh, every time we tried to pray, and prayer
2: was so important to us before we met, and even when we were, you know, when we were sort of dating, or whatever you call it, we, you know, prayer was important, but.
4: But then we couldn't pray together yeah. for four years because every time we tried, I would hurt Jan and, and make her feel worthless, mm-hmm. and she'd withdraw and and not she'd go, I don't want to pray with you if you're going to treat me that way. And I go, treat you what way? What what's your, what is your problem? I thought we were going to pray here, and uh, and of course that didn't open her up
2: on her honeymoon. He <laughs> He, second day, he brought his briefcase and Charles Finney to the to the beach. So that was, you know, he was <laughs> focused.
4: <laughs> and and so uh, what what happened is we uh, we were we were just wounding each other emotionally. We couldn't pray together. We weren't having good communication with each other, and so we were basically sort of just tolerating each other. We weren't thinking of getting divorced, but it was an no. unpleasant experience. And uh, the other thing, like Jan said, it just completely killed any idea of ministry uh, yeah. because I thought, well, what are we going to go to share with other people, receive Jesus and become like us? And yeah. they would look and go, now, uh, whatever it is you got, we don't want it. Uh, <laughs> you know, we got enough problems of our own and we're not interested in whatever it is you're offering. So I realized we have nothing to share with people. Uh, yeah. there's, there's no life between us here this is this is not good and uh and you know what i realized is i thought i realized i i I am somehow wounding jan uh i mean she would cry and be unhappy and i would think i would have this sneaky suspicion i had something to do with that uh but I had no idea what. And what we experienced, honestly, for the first seven years of our marriage was was I was deeply wounding her pretty much on a daily basis and not knowing it. And and I knew I was doing something, but I didn't know what. And she didn't have language to, to be able to describe to me what the problem was. So we just didn't know. So we suffered for seven years. And I'll tell you, I, I made this, th- this was a thing that God did speak to me a number of years. Uh, I, I don't know, after four years, something like that, I think it was. And, uh, and I thought, well, God, how can I fulfill what you've called me to do? I mean, I've got this burning desire in my heart to reach people and to minister, and I'm not going to be able to do that. And uh, what God said to me, he said, you don't have anything to offer anyone else until you learn to do one thing. You learn to love the one person I put in your life before you try to love anybody else. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, if you can't learn to love that one person, then you don't have anything to share with others. And I thought, well, that's not my fault. I mean, I'm trying to love her and and she didn't she won't receive, receive it, or, it. Yeah.
1: He,
2: he had flowers on auto delivery. the grocery store had it once a week and you sign up and they come every week. But somehow after the first week, it, it didn't you know
4: didn't impact it, didn't impact me. Didn't impact didn't <laughs> yeah, and so what I decided, uh, I felt I thought, well, God, I'm just gonna be noble. I will just die to myself here and and I really get it. eternity is long, life is short. And if it truly is my assignment to spend the rest of my life learning to love this one person, I will do that. Uh, I get that. And if that, yeah, and I did. I, I, I'll, no, I'll tell you what I honestly yeah. thought. I yeah. thought God will see my heart and he will see how noble I am and he will change her and she will like me and be nice to me. And uh, it,
3: John, that this is his plan to be noble and try to win you or were you aware of that?
2: And yeah, I was aware of it, but it was not working very well. Yeah. Well, the reason it yeah. wasn't
4: working is it still was focused yeah. around me. Yeah. Uh, and and so what happened was uh, it got worse. It didn't. I thought, well, God will see this and he'll really heal us and we'll be good. And no, it got worse. And we wounded each other more for another couple of years until we we finally had uh, some revelation that changed something.
1: Yeah, you talk about this revelation uh, one of the video clips that we watched on your Facebook page, and uh, absolutely awesome. And I know we don't have you know the most amount of time to delve into it. And. Yeah. Uh, you know people like Craig Hill they need like three hours four hours to explain this because because it's so important and it's so breakthrough and it and seems
3: like he's talking an hour
1: and it's just it's absolutely awesome and I'd love to have the time but we don't but is there you talk about two levels and uh, you talk about like uh, two levels that couples keep talking around yeah and uh, they keep they keep they're on level one and they don't go to level two. And yep. that was uh, just amazing. Uh, even just Rebecca and I watched it together and we were looking at each other going, that's so true. You know, we do go to level two, but it's not often enough. We should always go to level two. Um, could you could you explain that a little?
4: Yeah, I uh, I had a, an experience with uh, one of my uh, we have two sons. They're now in their mid thirties and they're married, but uh, they were four and seven, no four and one at the time. I guess, and God gave me a revelation. I deeply wounded my son uh, in uh, in a restaurant uh, because I got focused on him eating a hamburger that I'd ordered for him. And he was rebelling against it, and not wanting to do that. And we were having the classic argument that parents have, you know, with their children, you eat that hamburger, I'm not gonna eat it. Well, you ruined it. Now buy me something else. Now I'm not gonna buy it. that was, thing cost money. Now you eat that. And uh, to make a a long story short, what God exposed to me is that I had a greater focus on the money it cost for the hamburger, my rules that I wanted him to obey than I did about his heart. And, uh, and, And the Lord, during that experience, gave me the revelation that you just talked about, Tim, of two different levels of communication. And, uh, and what he showed me was this, the, the more external level, what you call level one, that I sort of came to call topical communication. These are messages that uh, we, we communicate to each other about subjects, about topics. For example, with a married couple... Uh, how should we spend our money? Should we buy? Should we, should we buy something? Should we save? How much should we save? How should we budget or or should we buy this car or that car? What job should we have? what How should we live in? Uh, how, how should we discipline our children? These are all topics. Uh, and I call them level one. But underneath all of this communication is what I call level two. And level two are messages we send to one another in the realm of identity regarding value. And that's the key word value. And what I realized is on this relational level, I call it the relational level of communication, I can send Jan a message, you're very, very valuable. Uh, you, You mean something to me, you're worth spending time with, your opinions count, your feelings are important. I'm interested to know about your life. Or I could send her the opposite message, which is you're worthless. You mean nothing. Your feelings are absolutely ludicrous. Your opinions are ridiculous. You mean nothing. Uh, You have no value. Everything and everybody else is more important to me and you mean nothing. And what I realized in this restaurant experience I had with my son that God made so clear, he he said to me, son, you are 100% blind to level two communication, you have no awareness of the relational message that you send to other people, which is just basically two messages, either, I love you, and you're valuable, or I don't love you, and you're worthless, and and you just sent your little four-year-old son the message, I don't love you, and you're worthless, and you have no idea that you did that, and that's why he's crying his heart out. He's not crying about a hamburger. Actually, I the, the circumstance was I cut it in half and he cried out, you ruined it. I thought he was talking about the hamburger, but what I had not realized is that he was talking about what I did to his value in his heart uh, because of prior circumstances. I had released authority to him over his own plate of food and made a big deal out of it and told him it was his plate. Then I violated that. And when I did that, it made him feel discounted. Like he's not a real person. He, He doesn't get treated like any other person. He's like a property to me. I can treat him however I want and uh, he should just accept it. And so when he cried out, you ruined it, I thought it was about the hamburger. So I spent a lot of time explaining to him how it was gonna taste the same and there's nothing (laughs) wrong with it and he should eat it until God gave me this revelation. You're not talking about a hamburger, you're talking about your little boy's value. And out of all the people in the whole world, he wants to be loved and valued by his daddy is number one and you made him feel worthless. And so then God showed me the strategy to repair that, which I did in the restaurant. And when I walked out, that's when Holy Spirit said to me, you know what you just did to your son that I showed you? Yeah, that's what you're doing to Jan every single day. You are on level two, sending her a message. You're not important. You're not valuable. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, she just gave the example on our honeymoon. This guy takes a briefcase with (laughs) with systematic theology by Charles Finney that he's going to get out and read on the beach. And I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with that? Did you see anybody else with their
2: briefcase of Charles Finney on the beach? No,
4: but I mean, well, that's a good use of time. And I'm realizing what does just that action, what message does it send? It sends to her you're nothing i mean this is our honeymoon but you don't mean anything to me i want to spend my time with charles finney <laughs>
1: yeah that is i mean when as you're describing that um it's amazing like when rebecca and i heard that for the first time we're like that describes so many of our you know fights our arguments our conversations um just all around the, the level one topic right yeah. Um, that were uh, you know it could be our our son it could be uh you know the job it could be uh, you know, all these different topics that we're trying to work through as a couple, as a family yep. and uh, rarely go down to level two. And, and so how did you um,
4: how did you overcome that with Jam? What was sort of like the way that you. The, the very first thing, the very first thing that happened Tim, is I checked it out with her. I said, you know what just happened with Josh? Am I doing that to you? And it was like a glimmer of hope came in her eyes like, I've been trying to tell you this for seven years. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what you're doing. And I just, I just was devastated. I thought, ah, I mean, the last thing I'd want to do is, is hurt Jan and make her feel like I don't love her. And then to realize I'm doing that. Uh, I'm doing that without knowing it. uh i i didn't realize it and now now i know that i'm doing that now i couldn't immediately correct it it would still happen but when it happened at least i had some understanding when her countenance would fall or she'd withdraw i would know i just did that thing and then i'd try to now what was it again how's that work let's see oh yeah I somehow did or said something that made her feel worthless. So I, uh, so this is what God showed me how to get at it, and this is so simple, you guys. I mean, this we have taught this to couples around the world, and it just is. It resolves this thing so quickly. Mm-hmm. What God said to me is, um, everything within you wants to explain why you did, like, let me tell you why I brought my briefcase and this book, because I was thinking, and what God said is, if you do that as a man, as a husband, you will make it worse. Do not do that. Don't, he he told me three things, and you, you ought to write this down if you're taking notes, three things do not do. Here they are, husbands. Do not explain. Do not defend. Do not justify. And, and, and I'll tell you, that's easy to know, hard to do, because everything within you wants to, like, why did you come home so late? What happens instantly in a husband? Well, I'll give you four reasons why I came home late. See, I was about to leave the office and then a client, our most important client called. I had to find this information, send him some uh, stuff and uh, get some files out, scan them. And then and, 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 and traffic was busy. And then, uh, and then I was running out of gas and I went to the gas station, but it was, was two no weeks gas. ago. <laughs> it was two weeks ago on the East Coast and the pipeline was broken and there was a long line and I didn't get any gas. And uh, I have to, you know, and and everything within you wants to do that. The Lord said, don't do that because by explaining, justifying or defending, what you're actually doing is conveying to her a message. You don't care about her. You don't love her. So what God said was do this very, very simple. Stop making statements. Start asking questions. On, and God said, would you just ask two questions Come on. And, and this was revolutionary for us and the, the first question
3: This it's so revolutionary you you solve those conflicts in five minutes and less yeah I think we never managed to solve a conflict in five minutes
4: no and less.
3: It, it, it 28 hap- years of marriage
4: it, it happens uh in a very short time because here's yeah. here's what I discovered the goal here, here's what happened the goal is I wounded her right everybody knows that so she was wounded and hurt and offended and angry. So what would be my goal here? It would be very simple to get her to forgive me because if her heart will release me and forgive me, we're good. Yeah. Right. That would be the goal. But what I found is neither men nor women know how to do that. Yeah. How do I get to that place where her heart will release? Here's what God told me. If you will convince her of three things, her heart will automatically release and it will not be possible for her not to forgive you. Well, it's impossible. Her heart will automatically release. You got to convince her of three things. And here's and these three things are in a book. That I wrote.
2: <laughs> He always says, "If he wants ready, and then he, later tomorrow, we're going to talk about these things." But yeah, that's you right. Just, you, you need to get the, that.
4: you need to get the book Two Fleas and no dog, which tells what the are. <laughs> <fleas. laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I won't do that. Uh, here, here are the three things he said. If you can convince her, number one, that you know and understand what you did to her. If mm-hmm. if, if you can convince her, you know how how bad it hurts convince yeah. her how you, that you you know how much you hurt her yeah. and, and the second thing if you can convince her you care that, that that grieves you that you wounded her and, and hurt her and then the third thing is she doesn't want you to fix it she doesn't want you to do something she just wants you to take responsibility to acknowledge that you hurt her and ask forgiveness. And if you can do those three things, her heart will automatically release. And you can you can do it in two minutes, five minutes, five days, twenty five years. <laughs> come on, that's okay. right. And we, so we,
2: we rarely have we rarely have we rarely have an argument. Or just I mean, well, we don't have arguments really. And it
4: doesn't really happen no, much anymore. But so
2: you know, when your heart's okay, I mean, I would. He doesn't come home late anymore because he doesn't leave. Our house anymore, <laughs> but, but if he did yeah. leave our house, I I honestly would care what happened, you know, right. because I know he's not trying to call, he's not trying to be so rude. You know, so when your heart's okay, then a woman, uh, you know, actually wants to know what's there a problem, what yeah. happened, you yeah. Know?
4: yeah. So God said to me three questions that will convince her of those three things. Question number one. <laughs> <laughs> By the tone of your voice or your countenance or whatever, I, I no. basically, I sense that I've hurt you. Is that true? I sense that I've hurt you. Is that true? And most wives will probably say, wow, you must be a prophet. How <laughs> did you know that? Because they'd be so surprised that their husband actually was concerning himself with their life or their feelings. But yeah, I said, by the tone of your voice, I sense that I've hurt you. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she will say, yes, you did hurt me by, uh, you know, and my second question is just, is just this. Could you please share with me? How did I make you feel? Now, when I ask that question, what am I conveying to her? I'm actually interested in your feelings in yep. your life. I want to, Uh, that concerns me i mean number one i realize i've hurt you and number two that that deeply grieves me i i don't i don't want to hurt you i need to know what did i make you feel and what i've done is shifted the focus off of me justifying why i came home late why i spent that money why i never pray for our kids and have devotional time why i you know whatever the the conflict is Uh, If I'm trying to justify, it's still focused on me. So what I did is I shifted. I care about you. Uh, 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 um, I need to know what happened here. How did I make you feel? And perhaps let's take the coming home late because that's a classic one. And suppose the wife says, well, by coming home late, I mean, it's not the first time. Uh, You've done it multiple times. And by coming home late, it just makes me feel like, I mean nothing to you. Your job is more important. Your money is more important. Your friends are more important. Your agenda is more important. My life just doesn't matter. I'm just like this add-on to your life, and it's all about you, and you don't care about me. Now, again, when your wife says that, everything within you wants to rise up and go, that's a false accusation. That's not true. Uh, Let me tell you all the things I do around here that you don't appreciate. Don't do that unless you're a masochist and and, and you want to have a real unpleasant experience in marriage. Uh, But, but what God said uh, to me is, once I understand how I've wounded her now, the third step is all I need to do is take responsibility for that. And so I would say, Jan, I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't know that, that by coming home late, I would, uh, I, I made you feel, like everything else is more important. Everybody else is more important. You're worthless. You mean nothing to me. I don't love you. You have no value. I didn't get that. I didn't know that. Now I do. I I see. You're absolutely right. I, I did that. Would you please forgive me? And if my heart is sincere, her heart will automatically release. And that's why I say you can solve that in five minutes, because if your heart, if you can actually do that as a husband, uh, her heart will release because she just needs to know: Do you know what you did? Do you care what you did? Are you willing to take responsibility, repent, and ask forgiveness for it? Yeah. And oh. and if that happens, her heart will release. Now, God showed me there's a flip side to it of the exact the opposite of what a, a wife can do as well. And we probably don't have time to cover that uh, here. But uh, but the wife can also resolve those because what I found is that. When I when I ask husbands, what's your greatest problem? Most husbands say, I feel number one like my wife's always trying to change me, like like she just doesn't accept like I'm who I am isn't enough for her somehow. Unless I change in all these areas, uh, I'm just unacceptable, and and that hurts me. The second thing is I, I feel falsely accused a lot. Like I, I feel like the things that she says she imputes motives to me that that are just not in my heart i mean and and so yeah that's why i want to defend and explain is because she says these things that that i just feel are not they're not true and i want to explain them that's all level one stuff it goes nowhere mm-hmm. and if i ask most most wives so uh what's the biggest problem you sense what, what do you sense from your husband Well, it's sort of like what you said earlier. What I sense is he really doesn't care about me. I am actually number 999 on his priority list because his ministry is more important and his business and his money and his agenda, his stuff is way more important than I am. That's what it feels like. And so, yeah, I feel not loved, not cared for, just like sort of an add-on there. And uh, the other thing that that wives tell me is, i can't capture his heart to talk to me uh like he he talks to everybody else i mean my wife's telling me this all the time my husband talks to people at church he talks to people on you know in uh in business uh well he talks to the waitress at the restaurant but he won't talk to me and i don't know why that is well there's a there's a very clear reason why that is and we can help solve that uh again very very quickly but uh that being the case, most wives is, are saying, I feel like my husband just doesn't care. He's not there. He's he's somewhere else in his thinking and in his life. And my husband, oh, I'm falsely accused. She's always trying to change me. And, uh, well, and- you, you, you started this now. You're going to have to give us the keys. You're going to have to,
1: <laughs> you're to, have to tell us
4: how the wife can. What kind of yeah. questions does the wife ask? What, what can I do? All right, if you wanna flip it the other direction, what can the wife do? Uh, She's gonna have to get at what she just did in her husband's heart, uh, because uh, most husbands feel um, falsely accused and not accepted. Uh, Those will be the two key things, falsely accused and not accepted. So what question is she gonna ask? So let's say they're going along and something happens. Uh, Here's classic one. A uh, husband wants to take his wife out for, to her favorite ice cream shop for ice cream. And he wants to bless her. She's excited because she realizes he's trying to do something nice for me. This is really good. They get to the ice cream shop. They look at the menu. He says, honey, what do you want? She says, you know, I think I'd like a banana split. He looks at the price and he's a little surprised because he had in his mind maybe 3 dollars $4.00. $4, and it turns out it's $7.00. And he says, $7 for a banana split. And she says, why is it that all you ever think about is money? Okay, now they're into it. So how do you think he responds? He doesn't ask the question like, honey, I sense that I might've hurt you. Is that, no, he he defends. He goes, that's not all I think about. I think about God. I think about our friends. I think about my work. I think about a lot of other things. Don't accuse me, all I think about is money. Now, if she's a wise wife, she can realize, oh, I just hurt him. I just made him feel rejected, falsely accused, and not accepted. So what's her question? Her question is, honey, by the tone of your voice, I I just sense that that I made you feel like I don't accept you. And and I don't appreciate your effort. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I t- this is my favorite ice cream store. I mean, this is your favorite ice cream store. I took you here to bless you because I love you. I want to help you. Do I hear any gratefulness? Oh, no. All I hear is criticism. And I'm the bad guy again for doing what? Trying to bless you with your favorite ice cream. So he's not quite got the his side of it yet. Uh, so what does she do? She says, oh, I didn't see that. So when I said, all you think about is money, that, that felt like a false accusation to you. And, and that felt like uh, I was accusing you of not trying to do something good, uh, which I now see you were. You you were just trying to bless me and 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 do something kind for me. I, I didn't see that. And I made you feel like you're unacceptable. And, and I don't appreciate your efforts. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, honey. I, I I I didn't see that when I said that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That is a false accusation. I can see now that that what it wasn't in your heart to care about money.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: You, you brought me here because you care about me because mm-hmm. you love me. Mm-hmm. I, I get that now. I see that, and that was a false accusation. And and you're absolutely right. I I didn't receive. The gesture of, of taking me here to try to bless me. Instead, I criticized you and I and I rejected you. That, that was so wrong of me. Would you please forgive me? And, and, and I just want to tell you, thank you. You're an awesome husband to think about me and to think about my favorite ice cream store and to bring me here. Thank you so much for doing so. Do you think his heart would melt? Come on. Absolutely. If you were sincere... He would go, all right, what alien invaded my wife's body and is saying all this stuff because this is out of character. Yeah, uh, that's I mean
3: he responds to want to have two banana splits,
4: right? Yeah, that's right. And uh and so this
3: is a real
2: story from a counseling appointment. And the couple that couple didn't talk to each other for like two weeks over this over this episode. Yeah, that's right. And, and then they came to see Craig and it was just like, wow. I mean.
4: Yeah, they came to see me. They were still yeah. arguing two weeks later about that. You know, mm-hmm. she was still hurt. He was still feeling falsely accused and angry. And I said, you know what? Uh, I got a revelation for you guys. You're not talking about banana splits or money. Yeah,
3: yeah. You're but I can imagine about- too, one of the challenges in that, I mean, when you get falsely accused or when you feel like he's not accepting me or not seeing me, that's like an emotional state and you yeah. almost should switch to, let's just go to these three questions.
4: What 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 makes it so simple? God God told me if you can't remember anything else, just remember this. Ask questions. Yeah. Because if you will ask, and and, and what you want to do, what God told me is shift the conversation from level one to level two. I said, How do you do that? And we, we need to talk about value. How do you do that? Ask questions about the relational message you sent to your partner that they're not valuable. And if you can do that, uh, that that changes everything. Now, now, as you probably know, one of the key biggest things that people argue about is money. Money. There we go. Well, I we're out of time.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got the, you got the I'm,
1: for, for I'm that conference. I, oh, I'm, and we had finances on our list, and we had a whole lot of other questions as well. But I am so glad and so thrilled we were able to extract this <laughs> content, these keys, these principles that you gave us. It's just absolutely amazing. And I'm so excited to have you both uh, on the challenge. Uh, in August, where we can delve more into the financial aspect of it, yeah. um, but I, I think we'll leave it there. Rebecca, what was one of your and biggest I'm, takeaways? And
3: I'm sure after hearing you now, they can't wait until they can see you again on the challenge to hear how yeah. do I you how do I do that with the finances? How can can I, can I
4: just say one thing real quick? Please, uh, God showed us uh, really three really key, key principles on finances that, and when, and and actually another two later that were five total, but when we applied those, do you know that we eradicated 100% of our debt as a couple, including our house mortgage in three years? And then most people say, "Well, Outside that's
2: way. That, God did things." That.
4: That's impossible. How how could you do that? Most people think, "Well, you you couldn't have a house if you didn't have a mortgage." I don't believe that anymore. We don't have a mortgage. Our son doesn't have a mortgage. Uh, people think you couldn't have you couldn't be debt free. Yes, you can. And uh, and how can you do it? Well, that's what we want to share in August in the financial challenge. How would you do that? not my ice
2: cream not waste your money on seven dollar ice cream (laughs) (laughs)
4: that's right all right sorry thanks
1: thanks. great thank you for sharing that craig i am so excited i couldn't be more excited Uh, it's going to be absolutely awesome your biggest takeaway rebecca my
3: biggest takeaway is really um it's almost like overcoming pride but knowing i'm the solution when i'm able to take a step back it's not just blaming him or waiting on my, my spouse is actually with those three questions and the awareness, whatever's going on, there's, it's just a topic and there's more and I actually want to solve the more so the better can come and like even hearing your testimony of that you're almost not having conflicts anymore. I think the more you mm-hmm. practice it, the less it becomes Will you already know yeah. that we are a team. That's what yeah. we keep telling each other as well, I'm for you, we, we're not against each other. so doing those three, a question, asking question, is actually really releasing something. And it's the message. I'm for you. I love you. We're going to make it, we're going to overcome, and I'm not going to leave you. And yeah. so the, 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 the practicality of it and the simplicity of it, it's, yeah, I it's can't awful. wait to practice this with you. <laughs> <more>. yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> the next argument's coming soon. <laughs> we
3: we'll let you know. Don't speak faith
1: on that. Come on, come on, come on. No, my, my biggest takeaway from it is actually in the different stories that uh, Craig and John shared with us. Um, one thing that really sort of like a red line through it was how you listen to God, mm-hmm. how you were in a situation and something, some anger arose, you're in this emotional state. And in that emotional state, you, of course you let out your anger, of course, um, you know, there was, uh, you know, some things going on there but you took a moment to listen to what God was saying. And I think that's so amazing and so important. Um, You know, the Holy Spirit, God lives in all of us. All, everyone who's made that decision to follow Christ is, you know, in has as an inheritance, the kingdom and the spirit in his heart, in himself. And uh, that is just awesome news for every single couple that's listening in that's viewing at this moment that they can engage with the holy spirit that they can receive revelation as they're you know talking with each other as they're going through their their experience in life and really learn uh from directly from god on how to you know correct situations and uh that is absolutely awesome we're so excited um you can find uh jam and craig uh and they're on their homepage, craighill.com, all of the books. .org. Oh, sorry, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) craighill.org, all the books are there, all the, I I used to say all the tapes are there, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) We got rid of those a little
1: while ago. Oh my goodness, the good old days. And they have an amazing devotional, a daily devotional, and you uh, find that at dailyspiritandtruth.com. And uh, so engage with them Uh, go and check out the website follow them on Instagram uh, Facebook wherever they're at and uh, just make sure that you. uh, Stay in content. their ministry is so much more uh, than what we heard today and we're just so excited what God is doing already has done in the years um, of their marriage through them and what God wants to do through them also in their future Rebecca would you pray with us
3: yes. Father, I thank you so much for the time that we had. And even though we speak about um, obstacles, we speak about challenges, we speak about how we hurt each other, we heard the hope that you we have in you. Yeah. We heard the healing that comes when we are able and we are willing to say, you know what, what's going on in your life? I'm sorry for hurting you, for not realizing that it's just about me, not about you, and you are important to me. Thank you, Father, that you remind us that you are in it with us. I know we have our limitations, and if yeah. it's just upon me, depending on me, I will fail, but with you, Father, we are really unstoppable, and that's what we heard today from yeah. Jan and Craig. Thank you so much for the example. Thank you so much for their passion. Thank you so much for the excitement yeah. and for the willingness to keep on going on after so many years. They did not give up, even though they were disappointed. and. Um, not happy about the state of the marriage in the first couple of years, but the willingness to find out, Father, what is it? There must be more. And I believe, Father, there's so much more for all the other couples in it as well. You gave them a solution. You brought healing. You brought a new change and and a new wave into the marriage. And I thank you for the ministry. I thank you for everything you do and they will continue to do. Bless them as as a couple. Bless them as leaders. Bless them as the examples that they are. That they can continue to prosper and that we can experience the same. Our marriage, but also yeah. all our listeners and the people who are watching, Father, so much more is yeah. possible with you. And I speak this into their marriages. I speak yeah. your life. Yes. I speak your healing. I speak yeah. your um hope and forgiveness yes, into their marriages. New beginnings yeah. are possible. Your grace is sufficient. Every morning again, every day yeah. again, Father, we can start over again because it is possible thanks to you. Amen.
1: Amen. Come on. That was so awesome for everybody uh, watching in. um, You can go to the unstoppable, the
4: unstoppable
1: (laughs) duo.com. And uh, you can see what uh, next challenge is ready there for you. um, And uh, engage with us at any time. Uh, We love to hear from you. Thank you so much, John and Craig.
3: Thank you. We Our, love
4: you already so much. It's the first time we've met you, and, but we love you so much. Yes. Thank, you, Thank you, Tim Thank you. and Rebecca. Great to be with you. We're, we really appreciate it. That You know that daily devotional you were mentioning? This week, oh, yeah. it's on marriage. those three questions yeah. in marriage. Oh, that's so awesome. This right. would be a good week to to uh, join that dailyspiritandtruth.com, and you can review those three questions. Awesome. That
1: is awesome.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Unstoppable Duo Show. We pray that you were encouraged and were able to take away an idea of how your marriage can become a little more unstoppable this week. Are you looking for more? Twice a year, Rebecca and Tim coach a small number of couples through their 90 day unstoppable breakthrough experience. Why not join them and create the marriage you always believed was possible? Go to theunstoppableduo.com and register today. We look forward to seeing you next week right here on The Unstoppable Duo Show.